welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Hello Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends, you're very welcome to episode 3 of this week's The Talk Show for Talkers on irishtalkers.com. Our email address is info at irishtalkers.com. Please send your evaluations and comments to us at that address. You are now going to listen to Paul O'Mahony, the personable and passionate, and he's going to be asking you a question. And that question is, do visitors and guests enjoy speech contests? That's a rhetorical question, Paul, so please give us the answer. Oh, it's not a bit rhetorical, Ted. I can tell you it's a real question. I'm actually not going to supply the answer because I'm posing that question to every one of you listeners. Do the visitors who come to your clubs, your area, your division and your districts, do they enjoy the speech contests? Now, I've got two groups of people in mind, people who've never been to a Toastmasters meeting before. It's the very first meeting they've ever come to. They, it happens to be, let's say, even by accident, a speech contest. Do they like it? Do they like it more than normal club meetings, for sake of argument? And the other side is a visiting Toastmaster who comes to your club, possibly from down the road or possibly from the other hemisphere possibly from New Zealand, if you're in Cork, for example. Imagine somebody coming all the way from New Zealand to Cork, coming to a speech contest. What would they think of it? You know, Ted, for once, I feel like saying almost nothing and just listening to the responses. Sometime I'd like to chair or facilitate a group discussion about it. And there's a reason why. Let's first of all, I'm going to divide this into a couple of parts. First of all, let's look at what the purpose of a speech contest is. Secondly, who are the stakeholders? So we do a little stakeholder analysis. And I I haven't got much advice at the end to give you on how to improve your speech contests, listeners, because I've never been to your club. So it would be wrong of me to presume that you don't run an absolutely stunning experience for visitors. So what's the purpose of the speech contest? Ted, let's do this as a little dialogue. In a single sentence or two, do you want to suggest to me what is a succinct answer to the question, what's the purpose of a speech contest in Toastmasters? Well, it helps the individual who is a Toastmaster. The contest is a challenge for the member as a a contestant. It takes us out of our comfort zone. It gives us that extra little bit of pressure. And you also want to do well in a speech contest on your own behalf and on behalf of your club. Great. So the purpose from that point of view of the speech contest is to help the individual speaker become better at communicating. Well, in my opinion, yes. And I think that's one of the purposes, absolutely. And I'd say that that's probably what a lot of people think it's for. Perhaps there are some other purposes, because in order to hold a speech contest, somebody has to organize it. So the purpose of the speech contest is to give the contest organizer some leadership experience, leadership experience as a project manager, project leader, project organizer. Now, how many different leaders are there in a 
speech contest. Quite a few. We'll come back to it. So we got two sides to it. Ted emphasizing the communication skills benefits, and that's the purpose of it. And Paul saying, in addition to that, leadership, leadership, leadership. So it's from that point of view, isn't it one of the richest experiences that Toastmasters offers its members? An opportunity for lots and lots of people or several people anyway, to participate in an activity which gives benefits on the communication side and benefits on the leadership side. So you could say that it's it's a perfect example of what Toastmasters offer as a service. The stakeholders in, in a speech contest, that's, let's look at it from that point of view. Who has an interest in the speech contest going well? Ted, let me start with you. Well, c- certainly the, the people who are after organizing the contest, the contest organizer, the contest chair, the timers at the contest, uh, the judges in the contest, they want to come up with the fairest result that they can possibly come up with. And obviously then for the contestants themselves, I think you've identified some of the things that didn't even occur to me, Paul, particularly from the point of view of the leadership benefits for those taking part as the contest organisers. That's a great benefit, yeah. And don't forget the good old chief judge. Yes, good point, the chief judge. Lot for the chief judge to keep his or her eye on for the duration of the contest. Well, look, even imagine a chief judge has to pull together a team of judges by whatever means, has to communicate with them, has to guide them in relation to what they're meant to do, the rules and regulations and uh, and the ethos of the contest. So there's a complicated communication opportunity there. Fabulous opportunity for somebody and all the skills you use as a chief judge. The ability to build a team, foster a team, bring the team to the party, motivation, all of these things, they're, they're all skills that you need in your job or in other places. So that that's terrific. So you've got all of those role players, mm-hmm. all of whom are stakeholders and all of the speakers. But there's one other group that neither of us have mentioned yet, the audience. Now, the thing is public, we'll say. It's a speech contest. People are invited and are often very, very welcome. It's a public event. Now, a public event, there are a number of things at stake. The public, in relation to the audience, could be two types of people. One is club members. Yes. And visiting Toastmasters from other places, but also people who've never been to Toastmasters before. Good point. That means that the brand image of the organization is on display. So here is Toastmasters International being demonstrating itself in a local area or even on an international area via Zoom. The brand image of the organization is there. Huge, uh, if you like, marketing opportunity to attract people or push people away if it isn't good. And when we're talking about members, isn't the contest something that can either increase the morale of members who are there or reduce their morale? The morale of members could be deflated if it isn't a really enjoyable, positive experience. So you could lose members, you could lose morale, you could gain members, you could gain morale. Isn't it so rich, Ted? 
Yeah, that's beautiful the way you put that. That's excellent, Paul. And the audience are such an important part of, of any kind of a contest, irrespective of what the contest is. But but certainly from the point of view of Toastmasters contests, the people that you have attending the contests, you have contestants who are coming in from other clubs just to see what the opposition might be like, and that will inspire them to become better, or it might even inspire them to feel that they're going to walk through the contest when we all come together to compete. So you're very right, actually. There's some marvellous benefits. And one of the things that you didn't mention, as the chief judge and as the contest chair, from the project management level, the documentation that has to be filled out by the role players, the judges and the contestants, that all that has to be organised as well. So that's a skill in itself. It is. Getting documents out and back, you know. And there's even more to it. It's more complicated than that, Ted, because not only do documents have to be signed, but they have to be understood. Yeah. So therefore, if I'm a chief judge and I send somebody something out for them to sign, it's my responsibility to make sure that they understand what they're signing. And as a matter of interest, there's even another level of checking to be done. It's also up to you to check that the people are in good standing in their own clubs. Okay, there are the rules and regulations, Mm. They're not why I brought up the topic. I'll tell you why I brought up the topic, because there are a few things I feel a little bit concerned about. And here it is. From the point of view, let's think about it from the point of view of your friend or my friend who's never been to Toastmasters before. So this is their very first experience of Toastmasters. They come along and question, why should they watch the contest on Zoom, let's say? And have their screen turned off. Why should they not be able to see the other members in the audience? Now, I, today, 2022, I no longer understand why it's necessary or even desirable for a a person who doesn't know Toastmasters to have an experience where all the screens are turned off. I can see no necessity for it. I All I can say is that if I went to an organization, this is a personal position now, if I went to an organization, Macrina Firma, the GAA, the Football Association, and I sat there looking at screens that were all black and I heard, I saw one person speaking, nothing else, would I say that was fabulous experience? I wouldn't. So yeah, good point. that's one uh, thing I don't understand myself. The second thing I, and, and I'd include that to be the other contestants, the other role players. We all know that there's a whole host of people involved in the running of a contest. So you can easily present a screen to somebody with 20 or 30 people and it looks good. It's very uh, warm. Then here's a second thing. Why on earth is the ability to chat sometimes with other people, pass comments privately between people, why is that turned off? What damage is that going to do? It prevents a newcomer having contact with their friend at the meeting and even being given a bit of advice. By the way, this break, tell you why we have this break and there's a private message going on in a normal meeting room. You sit beside your friend. They whisper to you and say, look, by the way, This is what's coming up next. 
and it's all friendly. I'm going to stop. And that's a lovely way to conclude episode three. And what I would suggest to you, Paul, is that you and I can carry this conversation on in episode four because there are some very relevant questions that were asked there and we'll try and tackle some of the answers, you and I, and hopefully we'll have comments from some of our listeners as well. Listeners, you're going to be listening to Paul and Ted in our episode four, which will be going out tomorrow evening. We look forward to hearing from you and hopefully you will join us and you'll send us your evaluations on the topic. See you then. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.